Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a really good message for you coming out of 1 John chapter 5. The title of the message is called Our Faith and Our Spiritual Weapons. Our Faith and Our Spiritual Weapons. It's coming out of 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 is where we're going to start out. I'm in the King James Version today, so... Uh, if you will, uh, maybe pause the podcast run, get your Bible and come back and join me. Uh, open your Bible up to 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. The title of the message is Our Faith and Spiritual Weapons. So in 1 John 5, it starts out with John saying, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. So whosoever loveth him that begot, that's saying whoever loves God, also loves the one that is begotten of him, the children of God or the son of God, both. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loves God loves everyone that's begotten of him. Now, by this we know that we love the children of God. That's what he's saying there in verse two, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Now, everywhere in the Bible, when God uh, wants to get a point across, if, if Jesus is speaking, he likes to say, verily, verily, he says something twice to get your attention and get a point across. When it's spoken twice, he really wants to make sure that you get it sunk in. And here in verse two, he says, keep his commandments. In verse three, he repeats himself, if we love God, keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And he goes on to say that his commandments are not grievous for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to talk to you today about that to let you understand about the victory that you have in Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 5, verse 4, he's, he brings up and says, what uh, we, we see what the secret weapon is that overcomes the world. So that secret weapon that overcomes the world, if you'll see there in verse chapter, in verse 4, it says, it's our faith. It, when he says, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. That secret weapon that gives us the victory, he says, even our faith. So our faith is what overcomes the world. Our faith is what gives us the victory to help us overcome the world. And what's our faith in? Our faith is in Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And, and when you have faith, faith moves mountains. Faith walks on water. Faith heals the sick. Faith moves the heart of God. And why? Because faith is the power that we have that causes us to believe that Jesus is the Christ born of God. That's the only reason we're believers today is because we have faith that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. We know that he's born of God. We know that he was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem. He grew up with no sin in his life. He took our sin upon him when he went to the cross. He died our death. He was buried. He rose on the third day. And now he's sitting in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. We 
We have faith that all that stuff is true. And that's why we have the power that we have in our bodies, in our spirits. And, and Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says that faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? Hearing from the word of God. <clears throat> So the more faith that we get is because of God's word that we're hearing, the more of his word that's getting inside of us. We believe that Jesus is the Christ. We believe more about him than what the Bible says. John 5 and 5 tells us that whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of God overcomes the world. So since Jesus has overcome this world... I am going to overcome this world, this sinful world, and all the darkness and nastiness and all the destruction that's in this world because Jesus overcome it. And when Jesus comes inside of me, everything that Jesus is is inside of me and I have access to it. So how are we going to overcome the world? With the powerful spiritual weapons that God has given us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ where when he rose from the grave, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father with his own blood and offered his own blood for our sacrifice and then God gave him all power of heaven and earth and, and handed it to him and Jesus said, I give this power to you and all these things you've seen me do, will you do and even more things. So we have some powerful spiritual weapons that God gave us and I'm going to talk about some of them today and the first one that we have is our prayer and I know it's hard to pray. There's a lot of things that goes on in this world. There's there's a lot of confusion that goes on. There's a lot of busyness that takes place in our lives that keeps us from praying. We, and I'm guilty of that too from time to time. I, I get into a rut. I get into a, a, a routine and, and you'll get busy and the schedule gets tight and, and you get tired. You come home and you're tired. You wake up and you're tired or, or whatever's going on. There's something that keeps you from praying all the time. And if you don't think that that's a design by the enemy himself to just let you just continue on and can you just making sure that you stay too busy to pray and there's an old song that uh that song that says if you've got time to worry you've got time to pray and if you would pray more you would worry less but this first powerful weapon that we're going to talk about today is the power of prayer. It's a weapon of access and it's access to God's throne room. Prayer is the center of our spiritual warfare because obviously it's prayer. It, it connects us to God. It's our, it's our presidential line, the red phone that we pick up and it goes straight to the throne room of God and we never get a busy signal. We, we never get a secretary that picks up and says, I'll have to take your name and number and we'll get him to call you back. No, God answers the call every single time that we call. And, and something else that prayer is, is it's a powerful delivery system that sends precisely guided spiritual nuclear bombs into the kingdom of darkness and attacks the enemy's plots. It's so spiritually aggressive. Prayer is so spiritually aggressive that it destroys Satan's plots and plans against you and I. Prayer is a powerful, powerful weapon that we have and we need to make sure that we use it and don't take it for granted. The second thing that we have that's, the, that's a powerful weapon is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. This blood represents his redeeming sacrifice for us. Without his blood, without him dying on that cross and shedding his blood when they were beating him with that cat of nine tails and all the things that was done to him, the crown of thorns that was upon his head, the nails in his hands and feet, all the things that took place with him without his blood being shed for us, there is no redemption. There's no chance 
chance of coming back to being where we're supposed to be in Christ. But Leviticus 17 and 11 says that it's the blood that makes atonement for your souls. And that's the only thing that can make atonement is blood. 1 John 1 and 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I'm here to tell you today, church, that it is his blood that gives it that gives life because the life of anything that lives, anything that has breath, anything that's alive on this earth, on this planet today, it is blood that gives them life. Life is found in the blood. And so we have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to us. The flesh has blood that keeps it moving and keeps it uh, living and keeps it uh, operating the way it's supposed to do. And the spirit has the blood of Jesus Christ applied to it to keep your spirit living and keep it breathing and working like it's supposed to do. So it is the blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us, that atones us, that, that makes us righteous and, and gives us life and life more abundantly in our spiritual realm. And we got that old song, and I know you remember this old song. A lot of you do. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it is his blood. It's that precious blood that was shed. That, that, that innocent man went to that cross. The Son of God went to the cross and shed his blood to make sure that you would have life. And he applied his blood as the sacrifice, as the, uh, as the intercessor for us, forever interceding with the Father in heaven. And we have an advocate with him. And, and he's the mediator for the covenant that says that we now have a new covenant. When the testator passed away, when Jesus died, after he wrote his testament, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself and I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. After he died, his, his last will and testament went into effect. He even rose from the grave to come back as the mediator to make sure that the mediation of his last will and testament actually went into effect the way that it was supposed to go into effect. He didn't trust that will with anybody else. He's the mediator too. So he's the one that came back to make sure that his testament got applied. You can praise God today because the blood of Jesus is a powerful weapon that has cleansed us from our sins and made us righteous because the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is righteous. And I want to tell you what the third weapon is that we have today, and that's that precious, powerful name of Jesus. His name is power. We have those songs that, that man, I'm just on a song click today, I guess, because we have that song, His name is power, His name is healing, His name is life. Break every stronghold. Oh, that song, if you, you think about Jesus' name, what his name does for us, it's power. When you, when you mention his name, the Bible 
tells us that demons tremble at the very sound of his name. When we mention his name, the demons run in terror. Their knees get weak. They lose their foothold. They, they can't see straight. Their eyes get watery up. They shake with fear and they tremble. They forget everything that was here to do because Jesus is the undisputed champion of the world by far. There's nobody else that could use their name to cause the underworld and all the demons on this earth to tremble. That precious name, Jesus, it, it heals, it delivers, it sanctifies, it, it comforts, it forgives, and it, and it saves you from your sinful life and from the damnation that you're supposed to have because of the sinful na nature that's inside of you. Jesus Christ replaced all that and changed who you are with his name. When you invoke his name, when you call upon that precious name of Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins, you have been changed, you've been uh, rejuvenated and and turned into something different than what you were. The old man is dead and the new man has come back. But I'm telling you, even after you're saved, that name of Jesus, when the enemy comes up against you, the enemy tries to raise up a standard against you, the name of Jesus takes those walls down. The name of Jesus breaks strongholds. The name of Jesus removes mountains and takes the enemy out of your life and, and breaks and tears down his plots that he brings up against you. No other name has that kind of power in your life. And I'm going to tell you the fourth powerful weapon that we have according to Scripture today is the power of agreement. The prayer that we have in agreeing with someone else upon one thing that, that we are praying about, that we need, that, that our soul is longing for, that our maybe our family or our loved one is lost. But the, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18 and 19, it says, if two of you, just two of you, you and somebody else that you know will pray with you, if two of you agree on earth concerning any thing that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, if you ain't praising today, there's a good reason for you to lift your hands and let, and ring out a shout today because Jesus Christ said these words and he said, if you have anybody that agrees with you at the prayer that you're doing, the prayer that you're praying about sickness in your body, the prayer you're praying about family members being saved, if the two of you agree, the two of you believe my words and you agree on anything, it doesn't say I might do it. It don't say I I'll put it on my list of things to do. It don't say I'll take it to the Father and he might say yes. It says it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I'm telling you, you need to believe in God today. Believe in that precious blood of Jesus. Believe in the name of Jesus and believe in the power of agreement. And if you've got a, a situation in your life today that you need some help with, get on your knees, call a friend, get somebody to pray in agreement with you and stand up and raise up a stronghold against that enemy. Me. Listen, in Acts chapter 2, uh, 120 people were in that upper room. They were in agreement. They were all praying for the one thing. They were all in one mind and one accord, and the Holy Ghost from heaven fell upon all of them. The power of God fell in there. It, the anointing started moving. They started shouting, and the tongues of fire come upon them. God's anointing and presence is drawn by the unity of believers all, who all pray for the same thing. Church, I want to let you know that this is why the devil has spread division around the world. This is why the devil's trying to keep people divided, keep them mad at each other, keep people upset and, and fighting and arguing and not going to church and, and not uh, settling issues because he don't want people praying the prayer of agreement. Uh, and but I want to tell you, but it's also why God is sweeping across this world, why God is sending evangelists and preachers and, and, and pastors and teachers, why he's sending people everywhere to share his word to promote 
unity around the country and around the world so that unified believers can become unstoppable when they join in hands and they join in unity in their prayers and, and pray in agreement to shut the enemy down in this world and in their nation and in their family, in their home, in their own lives and especially in your churches. You can drive the enemy out just by getting down on your knees and everybody agreeing that we're here for one reason and that's to glorify the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Prayer of the unified believers are unstoppable. Let me tell you something, church. If you want to have a power in your life, and this is why God told you, I want you to hear this now. Jesus said when his disciples was asking him, what's the most powerful, what's the best and most important uh, uh, commandment that we need to listen to and follow? And he said, love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Make sure that you love God with everything in you. And he said, the second one's just as important. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. There's a good reason for this prayer of unity and a prayer of agreement. You better make sure you're loving your neighbor or you won't have nobody to pray with. You better make sure you got friends and make sure that you keep all the, the problems down between your friends and your neighbors. Make sure there's peace among you. Make sure you settle it before the sun goes down because when it comes time to have a prayer of agreement, you're going to want somebody that ain't mad at you. You want to want somebody that don't hold a grudge against you. You're going to want somebody that believes the way you do and don't mind kneeling down and taking you by the hand and, and praying for your problems. You better make sure you love your neighbor as yourself. The prayer of unbelief, un, uh, prayer of unified believers, they're unstoppable when you make sure that you're holding yourself right with God and right with your neighbors. The fifth powerful spiritual weapon that I want to talk about today is the power that Christians have in praise. I'm telling you, when you start list, lifting your hands and start raising the name of Jesus and start praising Him for what He's done on that cross, praising Him for coming into your life and changing you, praising Him for the things that He's done in your life and praising Him for the things that He's about to do that you ain't seen Him do yet, just because you got faith in Him saying that we call the things that are not as if they already were. When you start praising God, I want to tell you, it weakens the opposition in your life. Praising God weakens the enemy. It pumps up the heavens host up in heaven too. It preps those angels ready for battle. They're ready to be dispatched and go give the devil a black eye on your behalf at the mention of Jesus' name. Oh, I'm telling you the last thing that the enemy wants you to be doing as believers in Jesus Christ is praising his name, lifting his lifting your hands up in the air and praising the Jesus that I know. Praising the God in heaven. Thanking him for the things that he's done. Oh, when you praise God, he, the devil, he can't stand it. Praise kicks the devil when he's down. Praise raises up a standard against the powers of darkness and, and just penetrates their camp, tears them up. It shines some light of glory into the dark powers and it, it, it elevates God. Praise elevates the God, the Father. It destroys chains and bondages in your life and it puts God in a place in your life where he can operate in your life, where he can tear down walls, where he can destroy the enemy's tactics that's coming up against you. Satan can't work under that kind of pressure church. I'm telling you, the devil can't put his hands on you. He can't work around you when you're praising God. So lift your hands up even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like you need to be praising him. Even when you think you don't have anything to praise him for. Praise him anyway. Lift his name up and glorify the name of Jesus Christ because he's worthy of the praises. And I'm telling you, 
The Bible says he'll come down and inhabit the praises of his people. So when you start praising the name of Jesus, the heavenly father comes down, the spirit of God, spirit of the Lord inhabits the area where you're at and you start feeling his presence and all the pain and suffering that you're going through, all the agony, it takes a back seat to the presence of the Lord and he starts dealing with your situation. Somebody ought to be praising him right now for that. Somebody ought to be giving God some glory for that. Let me tell you, when Paul and Silas got locked up in Philippi for messing with a town's fortune teller, oh man, they they grabbed him up and they took him. Them Romans that said, these guys is trying to force something on us that we don't have any business doing. They're Jews and we're Romans. You need to lock them up, get them out of our lives. And so they they flogged them, they they beat them, and they throwed them in prison. And, And I can't see Silas turning around and going, you know what, Paul, this is all your fault. You could have left that woman alone. All you had to do was just shut up for a minute. You didn't have to do that, but yeah, you did it anyway. You you cast that demon out of that woman and look at us. No, Paul and Silas didn't complain. They didn't regret driving that demon out. They didn't complain about the results of their actions. No, they just began to sing and praise in that midnight hour. And I can hear them right now as they're sitting there in that prison room. Oh, I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, and while they were sitting there singing the angel, the Lord came in. The power of God began to shake that ground, began to shake that prison. The doors opened up and the walls began to shake. The gates opened up and the angel of the Lord come in and took them shackles off of them. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they just got up and walked out of that prison because the power of God began to shake that prison. And and they walked right out of there. They were set free from captivity because of their praise. Can you get that in your mind today? Saints of God, your sincere praise to God ambushes the devil in the middle of his schemes. Your praise sets snares for the enemy to fall into. Your praise sounds the battle for the cry all over heaven to bring some armies of hosts of, of the heavens up against the enemy that you're being held by and it sends angelic forces into the battlefield to shut down the advancements of the enemy. So begin to praise saints of God. Claim his blood. Invoke the name of Jesus. Stand in agreement with each other and, and go against the enemy. Form a united front against that devil and most of all praise God before you ever even see the answer to your prayers because walk in the authority of the name of Jesus cause some demons to shake in their shoes today they can see the blood of Jesus applied to your heart so use it against them ambush your enemy turn against that enemy and take him off his feet with some praise to Jesus Christ Oh, you may have turned on this podcast today feeling as if the enemy had his foot on your throat today, but I'm going to tell you, as God has reminded you of who you are and who he is in you, he's left you with some powerful weapons of some spiritual destruction that you can use against your enemy, starting with prayer. Do you want to be free? Come, find yourself an altar. Kneel down somewhere and talk to the Lord and say, I want these weapons. Help me, Lord, to use them. Help me to turn to your name. Help me to invoke your your blood and your presence 
precious name against the enemy. Help me to praise you even when I don't feel like it. Come on, you need to pray. You need to declare the blood of Jesus. Speak his name and agree with the Father's word and agree with somebody. Get a friend and begin to pray and agree against that enemy and list some praises to heaven for your redemption is at hand. Oh, I just want to tell you, when God moves up against the enemy, when you start invoking these powerful weapons, the enemy's got to leave your life. He's got to shut down. He's got to turn away, and he's got to go find somebody else to pick on because he can't touch you, saints of God. I want to tell you, this is some of the most powerful things you can do in your life. So I want to pray with you, Heavenly Father. I pray you touch everyone that's listening today. God, I pray that you help them to use these weapons of spiritual warfare against the enemy to give them freedom and victory over the things that they battle with in their daily lives, God. In the precious name of Jesus, God, I pray you pour this into them. Tear down the walls that's bothering them, Lord. Tear down the strongholds that's keeping them captive in their own minds, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, give them victory today. Let them walk out of their prison that they're walking in. In Jesus' holy name, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll catch you again on the next one.